podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is A View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Wednesday, the 30th of November, 2022. Last day of November, first day of December. Did anybody get that elf on the shelf? Get it out. First of December tomorrow. Get it out. <laughs> We're live on YouTube, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and load more of your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, it was a tough weekend for the Belfast Giants. On the road, still struggling to pick up points against Guildford, but a real battling win in Coventry to keep them rolling in. Uh, we'll get to the game shortly. Jackson Whistles, our guest on the fan agenda. Uh, we'll have the news and dops from around the league and that sort of stuff. The Friendship 4 was a remarkable success. We'll give it a look and check back with the victorious captain. Uh, it's player of the month time, and the Giants return home at last. Manchester in town for a double header. Um, Mr. McGimsey, it was good to see you at the weekend. I caught up with everybody at the weekend, just the whole AVFTV. We're in the same place, almost at the same time. But almost yeah, it was at the a lot same of, time. It was a lot of fun at the weekend. So many people to thank for letting me be involved in some small way, but it was really nice to be home, first and foremost, and, you know, home's where the hockey is, and uh, it was definitely a really good weekend. The uh, it, it was very much fun. I thought you did a fine job on television, David. Fine Thanks job very much. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I wasn't expecting that, so it was... Something that we'll have a little we'll have a little taste of that later on, don't worry. <laughs> no, that's not uh, the... Joel. Ah, oh, he's wearing a hat. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't take it. It's been a long day, boys. I just couldn't take the extra abuse about the Barnet tonight. I feel like we've all had our I've had quite a day today. Uh we've all oh, just yeah. sort of crash landed into our chairs tonight and hit the go button. But listen, why change the habit <laughs> of a lifetime? <laughs> I pulled the curtain back. Basically, this uh, this show was more or less put together about till about two minutes ago. I'm still <laughs> right agenda. I'm still there. So it's still not finished. Still not, not finished. finished. We still got stuff being worked on right now. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's but yeah, we've got a we've got a hell of a show. We're going to get to the games in just a bit, but we're going to invite on one of our favorite people. One of one person I was delighted to see at the weekend to bump into as part of the friendship four, but she's here to talk about us about more important things. Laura. Well, Hello. Hey. Laura. Creatures, yeah, I'm great. Thanks. How are you guys? The weekend seemed hectic. Um, the weekend was very busy, but it actually went really well and really smoothly. But there was plenty of moving parts, we'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody I spoke to who was like, you know, part of the setup or working behind the scenes, we're all especially on Friday and before it also, we're all like, going, there's so much going on, we've got so much to do, we gotta do, but it seemed to go off without a hitch, which is fantastic. Just shows you how, uh, how well the system works. Sure but you are here to talk to us about more important things. Um, and to start with, it's that time of year again. It's Teddy Toss time. It is indeed Teddy Toss time. Um, so I'm going to go over just a couple of things about the Teddy Toss in general that are the same every year. If you're going to bring a Teddy 
please, please bring a brand new one. Do not bring a teddy that you've had in the back of your cupboard for years. And I know that that sounds unbelievable, but the Harrods Bear from 2000, sweet as it is, it can't go to a hospital. It's been in your cupboard for 22 years. Oak. Um, sorry. Uh, please bring it in a bag. We will have some bags that you can use, but obviously we can't have enough bags for everybody so please bring it in a bag that's a to protect it from when it gets all wet and gross when it goes on the ice and two obviously to keep it as clean as possible before we take it into a sterile environment this will be our first time being able to go back into the hospital since 2019 so very excited the other times we've just been well, just last year bringing them up so we're excited to go back i don't want to sound ungrateful but we're almost getting to the point that we have too many teddies and um, there's limited places that will really take them just because of their nature of um, being able to susceptible to retain germs and just they're not for everybody so we've been talking with one of our partners Kill FM and their cash for kids uh, Christmas mission appeal this year they've had eleven and a half thousand applicants for presents which wow. is I don't want to cry I know <laughs> that's really awful yeah. so I'm asking really nicely and again, not ungratefully, if you're considering, say you're, I know that times are tough for everybody, so I don't want anyone to think this is what I'm saying you need to do. But if you were considering um, spending 20 pounds on teddies, that's super kind, but maybe consider paying like five pounds for a teddy because I get people want the novelty of actually throwing it on the ice and I, I totally understand that. Maybe you buy like a five pounds or 10 pounds in a teddy and then spend the extra money on on a, on a gift. If, if you don't, if if you would be willing to. Um, they gave us really good, though I can never say this word, specifics um, about what to buy rather than just like saying buy for teenagers. And I'm like, well, I don't know what a teenager wants apart from money. So they gave us really good um, items. So like the two grips that they get the least for are babies um, and they're looking for, and I'll, we'll have this on socials as well. I'm not expecting anybody to remember me rattling it off. Well, the first thing is rattles. Rattles, baby care products, and baby books, hats, teethers. And then, what are you laughing at, Davey? I'm not. I'm just thinking I've got some of this in the wrist face you could have. <laughs> you don't want your old moldy stuff. Stop giving out your kids' stuff. Um, and then teenagers, headphones, speakers, power banks, uh, socks, beanies, no link sets. She did highlight that. Um, makeup, football stuff. So we're at that, we'll have a collection point for that. Please don't throw that on the ice. Uh, we'll have a collection point for that at door one on Saturday. And actually, we'll probably have it on Sunday as well. Um, I love it, Alan. Good work. Um, yeah, so we're just asking people to consider as much as you absolutely love throwing the teddies on. And it's great. And it's, it's a fun thing that there are people really in need this year, even more so than, than other years. So to consider maybe spending less or diverting your money onto a gift yeah yeah so that's all about the teddy toss really or if oh. anybody knows somewhere that can so every year we also get lots of teddies that we can't use because they're dirty or anyway so we they generally go to a well loved, well loved. <laughs> pre-loved um they go to a dog shelter so if anybody else has anything like that or that they know of that they could be used for please feel free to let me know laura at belfastgiants.com 
Um, obviously, last time we had on was regards to the Organ Donation Day and all that sort of stuff. How did that go? Oh, it went really, really well. Um, they always have people coming up and who just want to talk and say, you know, I've, I've heard about it, I've thought about it, I'm really not sure if it's for me. And then they all have a good discussion about it and then they realise, they, not they realise, but they come to the conclusion that it is for them and that they really, I know it sounds so basic, but you just don't need them anymore. And they could save somebody's life. Why, why mm. would you not do it? Um, and then the following week after Organ Donation Week, we had stem cell testing. Yes. Um, which we were kind of nervous about because it's not something people do that often. But the, the McKeever's Pharmacy, they came from Newry to do it for us. And they had more people sign up and take part in it that night than they'd had in three months in their shop. So wow. that was fantastic. Um, on that note, that uh, kid that kind of started that whole campaign, Daniel, he is doing really, really well. His family put out a an update on them today which is fantastic it just shows you how incredible it is to give your stem cells which is literally taken through blood no biggie like most people have to give blood or get their blood taken for a blood test at some point um so that went really well but that brings us into our next organ donation thing and i know people are like oh, she's always banging on about that but it's always an issue and it applies to literally every single person whether i get it that you don't need an organ but you have the ability to give it if that happens to you. So that's why I'm always going to bang on about it. Anyway, it's Organ Donation Discussion Day on the 11th of March. 11th of March? No, the 11th of December. 11th of March is my dad's oh, birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a dad in the diary as well, though. <laughs> big, 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 big John's birthday, 11th of March. <laughs> um, 11th of December. So we'll be doing our usual, having uh, a stand on the bridge where people come up and chat Um to the experts about organ donation. The importance about this day is even if you sign the register, and Martin talked about this the last time he was on, even if you sign the register, your family will still make the ultimate decision in that moment. So tell your family, it's a it's an awkward conversation. Nobody really wants to talk about dying. I get that. I, I'm the biggest crier there is. And the thought of it, or my parents or my friends or whatever, I mean, don't call me tiny tears for fun and um, I'm a gardener but I want my parents to know that if, some, if I go before them or something happens to me that I 100% want everything given if they can take whatever they can take and it's it's letting people know that that is 100% what you want there's no there's no decision for them to make really there because in that moment that's a tough moment and you're not thinking about somebody else you're thinking about the fact that you're losing the person that you love so if you can take that away, that decision away from them and they know that that's what you want, that's incredible. So that's why we're a big push on organ donation discussion day as well. <laughs> um, as you can see, Joel's done a really good Movember. It's a really, we've been seeing the stuff. We've been seeing the stuff. Uh, we've been we've been seeing the stuff that the giants have been putting up on the on the Twitter and like so how the lads had uh, moustaches are going and over regards to Movember. Movember, it's been going really well. Some look on some people, I tell you. <laughs> That's why I don't do it. It's like it just it just would look ridiculous. Yeah, me too. That's why I don't I'll run a half marathon before doing put a bit of pro mustache. That's how bad. <laughs> I shaved my head before. Um, <laughs> uh, the boys have done a really good job, and I'm sure their other halves will be delighted when it's time to take it off. Um, overall, between the jersey sales and the 
November we've done really well we haven't got our overall figure yet but I'm just asking people for the last <laughs> was asking for something that last big push today is the last day if you've got a, a pound if you've got two pounds if you've got 50 pounds if you've got whatever if you'd like to donate that would be really gratefully received yeah yeah I just want to give a big thank you to everybody for supporting it whether it was they bought a uh ticket for shirt off the back or they donated or they just shared posts about it because we've had some interesting experiences during it we've had action mental health come in and give a talk to the boys about mental health about being aware of other people's mental health you might be like well, i don't have mental health issues well that's great you don't right now but who knows what happens down the line but it's also being about aware of your teammate or your friend or your family member that they may have mental mental health problems and be able to reach out and help them so we had, they came in and give us a talk. And then last week, Action Cancer, who is the our site charity partner for the year, they came after practice and give us a chat about men's health. And they looked at uh, cancers, five main cancers that affect men, um, testicular, prostate, skin, bile, and lungs. So that was great little sort of things to do to check yourself, what to look for. So we've had lots going on during November, so... It's been a great month and gone really well, I think. It, it, it never stops, Loris, with the, the work that you guys do, because there's the um, the AGNI activity in W5 as well. well yes, we've been a site-wide now. It's not all about the giants. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Sure. sure. Um, so like you guys, um, I know your charity partner this year is AGNI. So um, W5 decided they were going to do the absolute sweetest paper activity this Christmas. So if you're visiting W5 with your kids or like I'm sure they'll not say no to adults there because I'm, let's be honest, I'm absolutely going to do this. They have got in touch with HNI and they've got all the names of the people that come to the day centres and then all the people that they also have. So they have two different things. They have day centres where people can come to and then they have um, people who visit it in their own home. Now, these are generally people who don't have anybody else in their life. So W5 have got a tree with little tags on it, and it has somebody's name on it. These are all people. Oh, yeah, David, you know it. Can't <laughs> think of that kind of thing. Not, most likely not receive a Christmas card from somebody. So your child can come and draw a Christmas card and pick somebody off the tree, and it'll say, like, I'm Petra87 or may not say their age, it may just say their name, and you can make a Christmas card for them. And then on the 15th, we will give those over to AGNI, and they will make sure that they are distributed to everybody. So, will just, you, will you Will you pick a couple off the tree for me? Of course I will. It would be my I, pleasure. I'll send a couple. Um, I'll yeah. the tree before then. That's a fun, do you know what? That's fantastic. Like, probably not my not. idea. I do not want to take the credit for that. That is not my idea. I just, Such a lovely idea. They came to me with it, and then I said, why don't you team up with HNI podcast or, or teaming up with them and it all just flows nicely with what we're doing. So if you're looking for, a, if kid, people are looking to want to take their kids to the Christmas, take them to W5 and make a card for a little person who's by themselves. That's wonderful. What a cute thing to do. I oh. love it. There's so much going on. Have I forgotten about anything? Is there anything? Uh, no. Well, Pride's up next, but we'll not start on that yet. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> Listen, we, we, all that all that stuff will be putting up on on the likes of Twitter and keeping it keeping it um, in the forefront of our minds as regards, especially come up to Christmas time and all the stuff that need to be you know people preparing for Christmas, but also those that are less off, well off as ourselves, people who are in hospital, people who have nobody to send them Christmas cards, and and the work 
did you did you guys do laura especially yourself in regards to promoting all of this is wonderful and more power to your elbow it's uh, something you should be very proud of because we're very proud of what you do oh right davy what's wrong with me you guys thought you did today it happened to me at the weekend too somebody called me patty so (laughs) did that yeah. Well, I, I just call up balance in a night, night, so it's all good. I, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, it's been fabulous having you on. That was a and, lot of uh, me talking. So that's fine. Okay. That's fine. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. And hopefully, people who are watching in or listening in either live or or will get involved in all the things that are going on. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks Laura. For me, and thanks for supporting everything we do. You guys are the best. Thanks, Small Dave. Bye. Bye. The best. The best. Fantastic to have Laura back on, and so much going on. Like I say, we'll stick it up on um, on Twitter and on Facebook, and it likes to sort of promote it a bit more. Everything from the Teddy Toss, the Organ Donation, Movember, HNI, lot and a hell of a lot more. Right? Should we talk about hockey? Yeah, why not? Let's talk Go about on, let's man. talk about the Belfast Giants, and we'll start off with the games. Sorry, <clears throat> we'll start <clears throat> off with the game that took place on Saturday in Surrey against the Guildford Flames. The Belfast Giants have had trouble with the Guildford Flames this season so far. And so it remained. A 2-1 win for the Flames. The Flames goals coming from Yule and Tate. The Giants scoring in the final minutes, uh, Derek Angeli. In regards to goals, Jackson Whistle, 23 shots against, two goals against. Eamon McAdam, 35 shots against, one goal against. Rest for Matt Rose and Stefan Hogarth, um, Davey, why do we struggle with the Guildford Flames? Um, <laughs> That's a great question. I think I think it's fair to say. Um, I always talk about being a no excuse organisation. We've gone to the Guildford Flames with the choice of six regular imports that we have unavailable for for yeah. action. You know, on the back end, Sammy Rupp, You've got um, Captain right up. But you know, um up front, Soise, Butcher, Gilbert, who else Coops, all out injured at the minute. You know, so that any any team there's there's you know, six players, two lines, you know, any club in the in the league would want to have in their team. I actually think that we had the lion's share of certainly the first twenty minutes of the game. Um could have could have taken the lead. Um, unfortunately, then half an hour into the game, the Flames have gone one up, maybe just after half an hour into the game. And then yeah. it kind of changes the tilt of the game. That second period is always hard, the long chains and stuff. And the Giants hung in there. Um, unfortunately for us, I, I think we just meant that one one little mental mistake in that second period, or sorry, the third period as it was, where we were pushing into the game. We've all collapsed to one side. There's a little mental mistake. And Tate is quick. Tate comes probably off the bench, but certainly down the left wing. And, and breaks in. I don't know whether we get to see it or not. Um, might just be coming up here actually. And um, they, they go two up, and then at that stage you're really pushing the game. And you know we've pulled Jackson whistle at the end and came up with the with the empty netter. It's worked, but unfortunately we weren't able to get a second. I think over the course of the game, um, this will be won. Even though we were so short benched, we probably could have won. I don't think I, it sounds really you know. Oh look at us, you know, a, a full squad. We beat the Guildford Flames, and it's just that, that's that that loss was down to the attritional nature of having to play so short bodied and with ha- virtually half your team out. You're like 14 imports with six out, 
you know, so in terms of that, we've got high quality British talent and Lewis Hook coming back and, and Ben Lake, etc. Scott Conway, but it was just too much for us on the night. I thought it was a good performance. A game we could have won statistically, maybe should have won, but we didn't. We didn't. Um, you know, Joel, we, we said it, you know, I'm going to ask a question about the Guildford Flames later, but we talk about the attrition and, and a lot of the chat from people at the Friendship Four, especially on Friday, was, you know, how short are we going into this weekend and how difficult is it going to be? And it proved really difficult, but you've got to applaud the fact that they dug deep. 100%. It was the story of the weekend was uh, was resolved and digging deep, maybe more so um, in the next game that we'll come on to talk about. But Davy says it there, you know, you're, you're going into a really tough weekend on the road, missing six bodies at the end of a really tough month on the road. Um, we managed to bolster the ranks with obviously Lewis Hook. Thank God he was back. Um, Sean Norris, who I thought was really good again. I thought he moved really yep. well. He nearly scored in the first period as well. I, I really like Sean Norris from, from what I've seen of him. Um, and obviously Mac and Kel were, were kind of called from, from their two-way contracts. Um, I, I sound like a stuck record in recent weeks, but it's really been the story of this road trip for me where there are minutes in this game where I could have seen the game going a whole different way. Uh, Sean Norris in that first period. Scott Conway had a golden opportunity in the mid-slot in, in the second period. And if one of those goes another way you're looking at an entirely different hockey game and um, i think uh, we'll, we'll speak to him directly about it soon but jackson whistle was was phenomenal throughout this entire weekend but really stood on his head um especially in in this kind of second period um to, to keep us close and, and then Derek angeli springs up with that late one um Kiefer pulls with and, and we go with the with the six on five for the last two and just can't find it um i just i the thing that gives me hope, uh, just to, uh, to try and not repeat myself, the thing that gives me hope is that down so many bodies, we keep encountering the toughest scenarios that you're going to encounter in the Elite League. And we, if we lose, we're losing by really fine margins. I would love to see us with those full body, uh, full six bodies back, everybody fit and raring to go on, on, a, on a swing like that. Um, we're coming out of the, the traditional tough period pre-Christmas at uh, batting 500 as they say um and, and it's definitely not a crisis i think um that the game we'll talk about next was uh was crucial to finish this swing on um but look i i think that uh you throw this one in the bin and you move on i think with a full with a full bench that that game goes a different way um full credit to the guilford flames full credit to paul dixon they're a team who is uh i think shaking the elite league up i had a few texts actually from people who aren't really massively into their hockey um but they texted and said you know from a from a bystander's point of view it's actually good to see the league shaking up a wee bit guilford uh sort of bloody in the nose of, of the big three the big four um i don't hate it in terms of the overall product as well i think that it's good that, that teams can believe that they can challenge you've seen sort of flashes over from the Coventry players as well and um, so full credit to them they're skating fast they're, they're scoring goals and they're defying everybody who said they would fall off a cliff one of our best mates lives down around uh, around that area and um <laughs> towards Woking he used to live in Guildford anyway he um on Sunday he picked up his son and he went and said let's go and we'll go and watch a bit of this ice hockey on Sunday and he went in and watched what was basically Guildford Phoenix or maybe even below that and he wasn't sure he sent me pictures and he was like going who's this playing they're playing Slough so I'm like oh, I have no idea let's have a look and see I tried to figure out who they were playing I said so why are you there and he says oh well, I thought I'd take uh, I thought I'd take Edward down to watch a bit of this, this ice hockey that you go and watch he oh said, man mate, literally Belfast played there the day before <laughs> the day before you could he said because he was like it's it doesn't seem as quick as the elite league it's not the elite league <laughs> the elite league's not quick but it's fine margins party fine margin before but let me bring it back david did one of the points that joel just made on um on sean norse now obviously 
these guys are, are, are on contracts running back and forth between MK and 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 the chance the chances here ultimately let's be fair Norris wants a shot in the elite league he wants a regular slot in the elite league he's doing himself no harm in that he got himself a regular slot certainly on Friday night 21 shifts 15 minutes he played um so you know, we can't say that the coach wasn't putting them into the situations either. Um, Max Jurt, what Max Jurt played ten minutes as well. So mm-hmm. you know, they're getting their opportunities. We always talk about seizing the opportunity, getting earning your ice time whenever the opportunity comes along, and there's opportunities for these guys at the minute. Whenever we've got a full fourteen plus two rosters, it's harder for these guys to get the ice time because, with the greatest respect, you're going to have a Mark Cooper before you're going to have a Sean Nars. Sean Nars has to become. The new Lewis Hook, the new Ben Lake, or whatever. So he, when his opportunities come along, that you know, the, we talked about Craig Peacocks and stuff. Those young guys got their opportunities in the league, league and took them, grabbed them, yep. got, grasped the nettle, as I say, and took it. So Sean Norris can only do what he can do. Um, it's probably a little bit fanciful to expect Craig Peacock, if you like, two thousand and whatever it was, two thousand and nine production when okay. Craig Peacock was on the, you know, the top power play line when Craig Peacock had two import wingers sent, you know. You know, producing you know the arrows for him to to fire, but um, Sean Norris at the minute is is playing a role rather than being expected to come up with points. He's he's not a top six player for us at the minute, so um, opportunities will come. You you look at what him and the likes of Bobby Chamberlain and stuff are doing in the NIHL. So they're they're high quality NIHL players that are coming in and getting those third line minutes, and you know yourself. You stick a Kieran Long on the top line with a good one on a Conway. He comes up with a lot of goals. He gets himself power play time, and that all rolls on. Whereas if you put him in the bottom six or you know even the the, the in the fourth line, they're not expected to score goals. They're expected to play a role and do it well. So when Sean Norris has come in, he's been asked to play his role. He's done it well, and that's all he can do. I'm going to bring in a comment here from uh, from our good friend Anthony Russell. He says from an NIHL perspective. Don't turn Sean Norris into a Lewis Hook. Why turn one of the IHL's most natural goal scorers into a third liner? Bleed him in, develop him uh, as what he is. I would say to Anthony, the problem is that the EIHL isn't a development league and it's so high risk. Age-old, age-old argument. It's, it's, it's high risk to put Sean... Now, do I think if we put Sean Norris in between Goodwin or on a wing with, with Goodwin and Conway that he would score more points? Yes, probably would. Mm-hmm. Is Adam Keefe going to take the risk of putting Sean Norris in rather than Mark Cooper in? If fit, then probably no. So it's difficult to put him anywhere else but the third line and then earn ice time on the third line, hope that a slot in the second line comes up or whatever when you're getting that regular shift. So yeah, I, I, I agree with what Anthony's saying, but the setup of this league does not pertain... Every week we can say this in the podcast, two points in November are as important as two points in March and April. So you cannot risk, no matter what we think Sean Norris's upside is, you can't risk putting him in when you've got a Mark Cooper. You know, it's just, that's just how it is. I'm sorry. Yep. I've I've been forever promising Anthony that we'd have some sort of uh, NIHL elite league discussion where we get bring him, him on. In. We will. Let's we'll have we will. him on. Some we week. Will. He's a very knowledgeable guy, and it's 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 zero disrespect to Sean Norris or that NIHL. I just don't see how you can put them in. But Anthony, mark it down. We're going to bring you on. We're going to have a chat about it right here on a view from the bridge. In the in the ask him, I need him. I need him to come back on that. What's the biggest biggest lie in British hockey? It, that the probably that the elite league is not a development league. I agree with you. I don't think it is, but it's not. 
but then you go. But there, there's a level of. But if you're bringing these guys from the NIHL, as, as the as a point I'm maybe he's making, if you're bringing these guys from the NIHL, you can't just throw them straight into the elite league. They have to develop into an elite league player. And how do you develop into elite league player? You play more in the elite league. Therefore, development. Uh, yeah, you, you develop yourself you could, with your 10 minutes a night you get or the five minutes you get and turn it into six, seven, eight minutes or whatever, but you don't get thrown in. You can't expect that clubs like Belfast, Sheffield, Cardiff, Nottingham to pay top dollar. I don't know what the wages are, but you know I can speculate on, on what a top player in this league gets. 14 of them, bring them over, house them, feed them, car them, and say, we're sticking in this kid because we're developing them because... These guys, Adam Keith's job is based on hanging banners, and that's there's, that's it. There's, there's that's like it. Say, there's, this is, that's there's, his one job. His job is not to produce somebody for five years from now. Nice as that may be, and love to have ten Belfast-born kids playing for us in five years from now. Adam's Keith' one and only job is to win every game. That's his job. They, the thing is, there's no dead rubbers in this league, unless no. of course it's unless of course it's the day after Christmas and you're Nottingham Panthers, because from then on it's more or less dead rubbers. But it's <laughs> yeah. But, but finally, before we move on, before before we move on, and Anthony, yes, we will bring you onto the show and we will have this discussion. Before we move on, just quickly, and I've asked this question the last time, I'm going to ask it again, just briefly before we do. Joel, are the Guildford Flames the real deal? Um. St- Still too early to tell for me, and it sounds like a cop-out, but we've said in recent weeks about how uh, you're not looking really at the table in any sort of detail this side of Christmas. Um, If they can survive the congested Christmas uh, schedule, if they can get through January uh, and and that kind of month with, uh, with their squad intact and not have to go and dip into the market and spend money that they probably don't have, and they're still up there and they're still putting a gap on people, then possibly. Um, But uh, it has been how many years since the team surprised us in this league? You know, I can only go by sort of recent results. Um, I think the last time we had a, a winner that Nottingham wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the last time one of the small teams won the league, it was on yeah. our ice, unfortunately. Yes. Um, you know, you're going back to whenever, like, you know, the Coventry Blaze had a, a, a fairly short period of dominance in the mid 2000s. I can't really name you too much after that that has been much of a surprise. So. Time will tell. Uh, and listen, it's on Paul Dixon and his very good squad to continue chipping away and continue putting points on the board. And Stephen Mills is right. Momentum and, and certain things that you can't write down in X's and O's and that you can't read on elite prospects, they're the things that will win you championships. So listen, uh, it's it's one game at a time. And if they keep putting two points on the board, one game after another, who knows? But I'm not looking at it in any sort of serious way until January or the end of January. I'll put the same question to you, David. I was asked this question just a number of weeks ago and I said I didn't think they were the real deal in that I didn't believe they had the depth um, yeah. but they've avoided injuries and they've avoided you know yep. illness and stuff so they're, they're, they're there sure. and they're there to be shot at and while they avoid injuries and illness they've got enough of a top six to carry them that some very good players we talked about him previously we talked about him during the games there Tate is a baller could play on any team in this league um, yep. they've got them all they've got Good British depth as well. Um, really, really strong goaltending in McAdam. Um, always so is with Paul Dixon. Always strong goaltending. They in, have in, in, in all the jigsaw pieces. Have they enough for the full puzzle? I don't. Great analysis. Um, have they got enough to, to complete a full <laughs> puzzle? I don't know. Um, it, it's so hard to tell at this stage. And 
Joel mm. talks about the, the Coventry Blaze, and I, I guess the Coventry Blaze came about, their, their dominance came about at the time when the Super League collapsed, mm-hmm. EIHL was getting off, they were trans, you know, coming from Solihull into the Blaze, they already had a really, really strong British club, British setup that almost, you know, the Belfast Giants didn't go Top into coaching. the elite. You know, Belfast Giants stumbled into the league, league through almost collapsing and a bit like Sheffield were going through monetary problems and stuff and Blaze came along as a team ready to go I can't remember what you call the you know Chartrand and all those guys big what do you call mm-hmm. the big fella um, big black lad um, Roman and and all they had some Roman great, Dure, yeah. great pal yeah Neil Martin Neil um, Martin you, you Neil Martin go, dominated uh, in this a list of amazing players that they had pre-built Ready to go, so they they didn't they weren't shocking. Um, there hasn't really been, as you say, the Panthers would, would be one you know that came along out of the blue and, and won a league that'd been good in cups but they hadn't really been able to string anything together. And but yeah, as Joel said, over the last lot of years, it's been Sheffield, Belfast, Cardiff, um, and they're but flames are there to be shot at. I think 33 points, they've got a bit of a gap there, six points, three games of a gap. and it's it's hard to pull them back. Would I rather have the points in the bag? I think at this stage I would. Mm. Absolutely. The highlights on that for Flames t- from Flames TV on YouTube, and we'll move on to the game the next day, which was a little bit better mm. for the Belfast Giants, if a bit attritional. Five-three uh, win in the Sky Dome against the Coventry Blaze. Uh, Blaze shot out their lead, two 0 lead with Ripley and Colton Yellowhorn before the Giants pegged them back through Will Cullen, great finish from Will Cullen, and Lewis Hook, welcome back, Hookie, and made it 2-2. Uh, Talberg made it 3-2 to the Blaze, but Derek and Jelly, and then Steve Ari with a power play goal, and Ari again into the empty net, gives the 5-3 victory. Uh, Pavel Holsa in goal for the Coventry Blaze, 27 shots against, four goals against. And our, our guest in a few minutes' time, Jackson Whistle, 29 shots against, three goals against. Tom Perring and Oliver Trusswell were the two referees. Joel, short on, bo- short on bodies, probably tired from a tough game in Guildford. They dug deep. They took the win. Another stressful Sunday, another story quite like the, the one in, in Sheffield. Um, the Coventry had their success in this game by getting in close. The first goal was, I, I think... Uh, what do you call the guy that scored the first goal? Sorry, you literally just said it. Uh, either way, got his goal. Uh, Ripley. By, Nathan Ripley. Ripley. He got his goal by taking a sort of three or four hacks at a loose puck in a, in a goal by scramble. And, and, and it was that kind of last hack that did it. The second one was off a, a fairly juicy rebound. So they did well and go into the net and go into the, the dirty areas to get their lead up. But, um, you know, if you're Danny Stewart in that game, you would be expecting a lot more from a Coventry Blaze team who have had a hot start to the season. Um, the, the first period intermission, I don't know what witchcraft or what spell was cast in that room and um, if i was to be honest if i was to to uh, i'm not a betting man unless the world cup's on but um if i was to bet on it i would say that adam keith had uh, a moment or two to remind that team of who they were you know it's it's easy at the end of a month on the road uh to to be kind of bedraggled be just looking towards the end of it i think I would guess that there was a reminder of who that team was because they came out in that second period as an entirely different team with a whole new resolve. We talked about how important it was to have Lewis Hook back in the lineup. There's Hooky straight in with a one plus one. Um, the Coventry Blaze, I think, were shocked by the Giants' resurgence in the second period because they were particularly defensively absolutely everywhere. They were fragmented throughout most of that second period. Um, once again, uh, defense being the best form of offense, there was a monstrous five-on-three kill that I think contributed massively to us winning that game. Um, Derek Angeli uh, came out from a, one of the softest roughing calls I've ever seen and, and exacted his revenge with a goal pretty much straight away. Um, and uh, again, you talk about championship 
pedigree and and the things that you can't see on paper the giants uh defensively west sand the boys around that crease in the last two minutes as uh, as the world came down on them uh, and the blaze searched for their way back into it and um, that was some monumental defending some heroic defending quite similar to what we've seen in recent weeks um this was a game when our character emerged again um with, with the odds against this because you had your six missing plus norris wasn't available so you were effectively down Kind of seven bodies, um, and I think we're three short of even filling a match night uh, roster. Uh, so this is as as much of a character win as you will see from the Belfast Giants at the end of a massive month on the road. I'm going to be hypocritical, Davey, and I'm, I had a chat with a, a good refereeing friend of ours. I believe you had a chat with him as well at the weekend. He came down to see me, yet. Sent by you, Down the old one, <laughs> the, uh, I uh, I said to him, I'm not going to mention the high stick that was uh, that was before the uh, what was I think the game winning goal because we don't talk about that when it's in Belfast dance favor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, Correct. when it comes to this when it comes to this game, Davey, um, character building really. Yeah, well, we got ourselves a couple behind, and then it, it was all you know, it's all or nothing. You've got another you know thirty minutes, boys, the weekend, and then you've got a few days off, so. Going through everything at it, you know, you've guys at Gabe Bass paying over half an hour in a game. You know, that's that's every other shift, if not more. You know, and 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 coming up with really high level players and a few points as well. Um, there's Oi scoring or Steve Ari scoring the you know 150 foot empty netter just to get that insurance goal. I think Joel Joel talked about the five on three that they got and we killed, and then we've got our own five on three and scored. It's a big momentum swing there, as you talk about, and you know. From being two nothing down to, to getting back in the game at two each and then being pegged back again three two and then just coming back three four five and, and going through them. Lewis Hook with that first one carrying it up the ice and, and oh there it is actually just nice timing there. He carries it up, gets robbed. Ben Lake comes from another postcode here, steams in, does it, D man flips it, tries to flip it out. Colin picks it off at the blue line and just steps in as he's been doing really, really well. Colin Bast, like all those guys are having to play. You've got Sam Rue up out, you've got Kevin Ram out. Kel Beatty was there, played very limited ice time, you know, so those guys are all expected to put an awful lot of effort in over, you know, what's basically two games within 24, 24 hours of each other. Um, very, very hard when you're so short-bodied and, you know, Jackson's going to come on in a few minutes and he'll talk about just, I guess, what it's like at the minute. Six bodies short, I know we set up this season and it was all going to be, we're carrying the extra couple of imports from the CHL, but we've had precious little games where we have been able to have that extra man. I know we had it a few times early in the season, but over the last six weeks, it's been, you know, one thing after another. So to come out of Coventry, yes, it's Coventry. To come out of there with two points is absolutely fabulous after the disappointment. And I said again, we probably should have taken the win in, in Guildford. I thought we did enough. Um, talk about goalies, he's coming on in a minute, you know, he's given us a chance to win. And Guildford conceded two goals, you know, and, and we probably haven't converted the chances what one reason other bars here and there little little ones hacking and wax that didn't go in so i think over the weekend it could have been more productive but you would have taken before we went into that with six guys down you'd have taken a split in a heartbeat so you know i think uh, I, all in all a really strong weekend for us i'm gonna i'm gonna rock things on a little bit here just because okay. we've got jackson waiting but before we bring him in just briefly um obviously that was six games on the road before we come back in this weekend mm. and that's Six games and and um you know we we run five hundred on 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 those six games lost to Nottingham Guildford and Sheffield wins against Sheffield Coventry and Manchester as a return Davy given the attrition that we've been and given the bodies down it's fair enough I think yeah I think you've got to be happy enough to take five hundred on the road with with, with what we've been 
Adam will be disappointed and a lot of boys will be disappointed because we came yes. so close in a few of the games. Guildford, I think, again. Where else did we lose? Nottingham might, might have got a wee bit more. But, you know, you're, you're Nottingham night. Um, we had guys like Soyzy, Soyzy went out the night before. I think Sam went out either during the game or just prior to the game. You know, it's been really hard. You're missing Mark Cooper. You're missing one of the very best. You're missing the league MVP there. Like, so, yeah, 500 with what's going on. Let's just hope this week somebody can get better or, you know, get healthy for the weekend and uh, another body or two come back in. We're home. We're back home. And that's a, that's a big bonus as well. Joel, I'm just going to assume you agree because I'm going to move things forward. <laughs> I'm going to move it on to the fan agenda brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants Television. Uh, it's the reigning for now, player of the month for uh, for October. And a man who's been playing a lot of games recently and doing fantastically well. Please welcome back to your View from the Bridge, Jackson Whistle. How are you doing, Wiss? Yeah. What's happening? How are we doing? Yeah, doing really well. We'll start off just quickly. Your your assessment of the weekend gone by against Guildford and uh, and Coventry? Um, no, I thought it was good. Kind of just like I caught the tail end of what you guys were saying there, and obviously, you know, going into the weekend, um, you know, every weekend you go in and play, you want to win both games. Obviously, going into it, but I thought the guys did a really good job. And like you kind of said, we've been dealing with a little bit of adversity right now, and I think you know, just to go in there and you know, had the chance to win both those games, even though we only won one, shows a lot of character in the room and kind of the group effort that's been going on behind the scenes right now when you're when you're down as many bodies as we are it, you know, do you, is it difficult for sort of to adapt because obviously lines are going to change approach is going to change uh yeah 100 i mean obviously it's gonna be a little different but i think it's a good opportunity as well to um you know for certain guys to get the opportunity to step up you know, you're going to play more minutes get more chances and i think even for myself as well uh you know getting to play a lot more uh, other guys getting to play a lot more. Obviously, you welcome that opportunity as well, too. You've you've talked there, Wes, about um, opportunities and stuff, and your yourself and Peyton have, have been given the team opportunities to win. You know, we, we've been low scoring, defeats have been low scoring. We haven't really been blown away by anybody. Even Guildford, there, we've only conceded two. From a goaltending point of view, you just can't do much more than what you're doing. No, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's little things that we pick out of our own games that we think we can do better every single time. Obviously, you know, his goal is you don't think you can should ever be scored on. But, um, yeah, I think the team's done a really good job, especially defensively. Guys really battle really hard. And the system that Kiefer plays is quite beneficial as well, too. Uh, I don't know if you talked to you guys a little bit about it the other night there at the uh, coaches seminar about how we play defensively. Uh, it helps us out a lot as well. Let's let let's talk about it. let's critique then one the, the first goal in Coventry on Sunday night. Scene. You've asked for it now. <laughs> yeah. what, talk, talk us through what you could have done. Totally the whiteboard, Jimmy. I, it was just uh, the the first one from what I remember. It was just uh, ended up being kind of a scramble in front. Uh, so obviously you're kind of battling for the puck. The D men are kind of you know hacking and whacking at it at the same time too. And it just kind of turns into a net front battle that we uh, ended up losing. To be honest with you, and our guy just ended up banging it in. I don't know if it was his first goal or what, but they were grabbing the puck afterwards as well too. And I'm like, oh no. But uh, <laughs> so that that was the first one. Then I think the second one uh, was a point shot, a rebound. I don't even I didn't even see it go in after the rebound. And that's kind of uh, especially in Coventry. You know, you guys have probably you know seen the rink a lot before. It's a smaller, uh, I don't want to say dingier kind of rink, but it's a smaller, it's a smaller arena. Stuff's bouncing around, flying around like crazy, and you can't see a whole lot out there. So, but obviously, I would have liked those two back. And then uh, the third one was a shot rebound. Guy kind of caught it out of the air and then banged it in right away. And then. Yeah. We kind of battled back from there um, and ended up winning. Talk about just one thing. Sorry, Joel, I know you're coming there, but um, 
you, you talk about and, and would say euphemistically the, the dinginess of say a Coventry or a Manchester or whatever. Talk about the new lights at the arena. Is that helping the game or, or hurting the game? Where are you? Is it is is it easier now in, in Belfast with the really good oh. lighting in there? Yeah, it's it's way better. We had a we had a bit of an incident, I think, at the start of the year where they're only turn. I don't know if the leagues are doing it right now or the teams are doing it where they only turn on half the lights or something. So a lot of the rinks, if you actually look around, they're quite dark on the inside. Yeah. So the new lights make it way better, ten times better. Yeah. You should you should play it at uh, Whitley Bay where it was darker at one <laughs> side than it was at the other. Here he goes. Here he goes. Yeah. No, I haven't been haven't been lucky enough to go there yet. Half the ice was just water, mate. Uh, we talk. Uh, there's been a lot of talk this season, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit here um, about about your sort of growth and development with. And it's it's been really lovely to see from from sort of the 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 freshly turned pro goalie who came to Belfast, but nothing more so to me. In, in my first in, in Wiss's first year in Belfast, I was his next door neighbor and I had to take my wife into his apartment to put his Christmas tree up. So I mean, I'm gonna say oh, it's pro yeah. it's probably Dempsey to be fair, but God bless that woman, man. That is looking yeah. good. That is a good tree. I'm really yeah. I'm really proud yeah, of you she, tonight. Oh yeah, she got it sorted for me and everything when I was uh, <laughs> I was originally gonna silver at my desk there and do it. And she said, Oh, you gotta get the tree in the background. So here we are. Super proud of you, Wes. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and it is. I mean, yeah, I, it's no coincidence to me. You're playing the best hockey hockey of your career, or, or certainly since your days in, in the dub. Um, you, you seem very settled in Belfast. You seem really happy here. But crucially, I feel as well that that you're much more comfortable with your body. We talked, you know, in your early seasons about the sort of niggle and injuries that were that were hanging on in there, kind of problems with your hips and stuff. Um, has it all just sort of fallen into place in your head this past year? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, you know, you probably know better than most, you know, seeing me after games and we'd go out and hang out or grab something, you know, I could barely walk and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. I was moving around like an eight-year-old man before. So um, ever since really COVID, to be honest with you, like getting that kind of year off of playing, not going down, like not playing. Um, since then, it's felt really good, to be honest with you. The Elite Series last year and then this year. Um, so now just kind of getting that opportunity to play a little bit more. I think it gets maybe more noticed, but uh, ever since then, my body's been feeling a lot better. Can I ask you a quick one as well? Just a, it's, it's one of those things that we don't really get to see an awful lot in our league. Obviously, whenever you headed to Sheffield for that double header, you were coming up against uh, your brother, Brandon, who is yeah. finding some stride of his own, it has to be said as well. He physically looks really good. He's playing some great mm -hmm. hockey. Um, do you enjoy that? Do you revel in that as an opportunity to kind of go against your brother? Or does it fill you with dread that he might stick one past you? We've uh, a, a, a tie-in <laughs> question there as well from John Stewart asking more or less the same thing. Yeah, no, the, the family group chat was popping off before uh, the weekend, so I was making sure he wasn't scoring. I remember in the first game, he actually had, I think he had a half-decent opportunity where I poke-checked him, and then he even had a shot, too, where it kind of hit me and went off to the side. And uh, I was like, oh, there's no way I can let him score. So I don't know. We'll see what happens when we play him again. But um, like you kind of said there, he's doing a lot better. He did a lot of things kind of right uh, away from the rink to become a better pro, and it's paying off right now for him in Sheffield, and hopefully that – you know, uh, you know, goes well from throughout the year, just not against us. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way you want it. Um, come to, going to go to a couple of ones online. The guys at Boomerang Corner asking, "Wes, fair to say you've reached a new level this season. Your confidence in the crease is clear to see. Um, what do you feel has helped contribute? What's helped to contribute to you taking that next step? I guess it's also related to the what you were saying earlier in regards to getting over injuries." Yeah, just feeling a bit better. And I think, too, um, obviously getting the chance to work behind Besco last year, I think, helps as well, too. Uh, just kind of, you know, looking at the way he prepares for certain games. And I think for myself as a player, when I was younger, 
Um, you know, I had no problem getting up for the big games. I've always done, you know, well in those kind of games against the top teams and things like that. It was actually the bottom teams where I seemed to kind of, for some reason or other, kind of struggle. And, uh, you know, just from watching him last year and seeing how well he does and, you know, kind of the game within the game and how calm he was playing and just controlling it, that's kind of something I've taken into this year as well, too. Uh, just, you know, at those, you know, certain times, not letting a bad goal at a certain time or just getting a whistle every now and then. Uh, just to help the guys calm down, I think helps out a lot. One from Scott Cameron saying, Wist, does your mental game have to change knowing the team is short on bodies just now? He certainly noticed that you found an extra gear in the last few weeks. Um, maybe a little bit. I think you're obviously, uh, I kind of prepare the same way every day, no matter what. Obviously, you might, you know, maybe you're thinking to yourself, you might get a little bit more work or something like that, or knowing that's going to be a little bit of a battle, which I think we've all, all the players, myself included, have kind of known going into the weekend. Um, so your game kind of, maybe you think a little bit more about it or prepare a little bit more, but usually you kind of prepare uh, the same way across the board. And just one thing from me, Wes, um, obviously painting the new have to be that, have to, goalies have to be tight. You know, you've had Murph and Dicko nearly married to each other. You know, you have to form a really close bond and is Peyton such an easy guy to get along with? Are you used doing well off the ice and on the ice together? Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. We hang out off the ice as well, too. And even, uh, you know, we do a lot of stuff together to make each other better. Uh, and practices, we go out every single day, 15 minutes, certainly do a lot of work, talk to one another about kind of uh, things we're doing well, things we weren't doing well. Um, so, yeah, we have a very good relationship so far, and he's a really good goalie. And is an extremely hard worker as well, too, to be honest with you. So it's kind of a good uh, battle between the two of us. And um, obviously both of us want to play, and that's kind of, you know, the life of being a goalie. Um, so whoever keeper gives the nod to, you just want that guy to do well and then kind of go from there. And one one last one for me, like Besco was Besco was a really vocal talker on the ice, like really you know, he, he directed operations. You and Peyton of the summer, do you learn that kind of things from likes of Besco? Are you vocal on the ice? What's your what's your thing? Um, I've always been pretty vocal on the ice, especially uh, even from when I was younger, just for it helps your demon out a lot. Uh, you know, when puck when they're coming back for pucks and things like that, just kind of telling them what kind of options they have. Uh, so those kind of things. And as well, too, just knowing with the team that we have uh, and the experience we have and guys that know how to win, just kind of like the other night, if you get down a couple goals, knowing that you're fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, just let's go out next period and get ready to go. We're good. Do you know what I mean? So we'll kind of say those kind of things, but that's really about it. Just before you go there, Joel, did you get a chance to come down to the rink on Friday and see any of the NCAA and see those goalies in operation? Uh, just on, I watched the first two periods, I think. We were doing a signing as well, too, so I saw two periods of it. On the, but, like, on real town, like, and big, big guys, I think. I don't know who Seven was foot playing in the first Did you see that guy? I've never seen Cooper, like it. Cooper Black was six, he was on, I was standing behind his net, and he was down on his pads, and his shoulders were above the crossbar. Yeah. He's just gigantic. Yeah. No, I, I wish I was that tall, but <laughs> way to go, Dave. I know. I've never seen a, a goalie. I think it was Adam McKendry sitting beside me said this. Look how low he holds his glove just because of the yeah. size of his frame. That guy's even watching him made my lower back hurt. So I don't know if yeah. you're looking to be a big tall guy. Um, I guess the, the only other thing for me was it sort of is, is a lead on. Um, and I, I do have a certain degree of pride having watched you develop and come back to Belfast and and, and hitting the stride the way you have. Um, but I also think you're you are very visibly sort of 
growing and developing as a person too. And, and, mm. and I see a calmness and I see a confidence and, and I see a genuine happiness to be to be back in Belfast specifically. And, you know, for, for those here who are maybe uh, new Belfast Giants fans or haven't been around a long time or don't know the story, you were obviously here as a very young kid with with Brandon and, and with your dad, as, as Dave Whistle was the, the organization's very first ever head coach. Um, is Belfast somewhere you, you would ever think to sort of settle? You, you've obviously got, got uh, an absolute superstar she is as well, Dempsey. You've got business interests and um, you're, you're doing your thing on the ice you're in the gb setup i mean uh, where else in the world would you want to be <laughs> no yeah it, uh every year um you know I, I ask myself that question too all the time to be honest with you now i've been in belfast for you know three years as a kid and uh four years as a player this is my fourth season as a player and then one during covid so i've been here a long time to be honest yeah. with you rivaling the time i've been in canada um you know i love it here like i love being here i love the Everything hockey-wise is great here, to be honest with you. I'd love a little more sun. That would be nice if we could ever get that uh, during the winter time. Um, <laughs> Guys don't believe that it gets sunny here. They, they all arrive here whenever it's terrible, and then we get that lovely kind of July, August. Yeah, it was actually it was okay this year when guys were guys first got here and they had about two weeks of sun, and I'm like, don't get used to this. <laughs> we're golfing every day. I know. Enjoy but, it, um, last boys. Yeah, I, it's good. I, I love it here. And I think kind of like you said as well, too, kind of growing up as well as a person, like, um, you know, when I first got here, I think people, I think people sometimes, you know, forget kind of how young I was when I first got here. I was, you know, 21, 22, living away from home, really, for the first time, kind of, you know, cross Europe as an adult. Um, obviously, you learn a lot of things, um, you know. So I think now as I'm getting older, you kind of, you know, do a lot of things off the ice a lot more better, take care of your body better. And you just get, I know goalie, when you're saying about the calmness there, a lot of goalies kind of kind of hit their stride a little bit later than players, kind of in that late 20s to early 30s. And that's kind of, I think it just comes with experience and age. Yeah, look there at that. Is. That's there he is. There he is. Baby West, man. Yeah. That's what a time. Brandon, what a time. Ruffy's kid, I think. Who, sorry? I think that's, is one of those kids Jason Ruff's kid, I think, as well, Could too, be. maybe. That's incredible. That wasn't yesterday, man. No, that's a lot. <laughs> five. I lived here from five, six, and seven years old. I think it was when I was here. So it was a while ago. Yeah, it's Jason Ruffles. Ruffles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well played, DMA. Nice. <laughs> it's a beautiful story. It's something that's very special. Something very special that us as an organization has, um, and I think. Braden. Right. Braden. What? One last thing. Braden and Brandon. Uh -huh. <laughs> one last thing before you let you go it's a bit that i love doing especially when we've somebody on like yourself Wes. obviously you were the uh, you're the you're the reigning player of the month but it's time for the player of the month for november brought to you oh. by our friends at uh photo cab we asked everybody out there for their nominees and we've whittled it down to four number one jackson whistle oh, oh boy oh boy number 13 steve Ari. Yeah. Number 29, Kobe McCauley. And number 88, Derek Angeli. Right, I'm going to start with you, Joel. But we're going to get the twist last. We're going to start with you, Joel. I always start with Davey, and I realized this the last time, but it's not fair. Joel. <laughs> I, I can't spend the entire interview talking to him like I'm Big Dave. Like, I've literally... I've given him the old Dave Whistle treatment here. I can I can <laughs> hardly pick anybody else. I'm like I'm so proud of you, son. No, uh, with, with you've you've hauled a you've hauled a really tough road stretch onto your back. Um, 
primarily between yourself and Peyton, obviously playing more minutes. And, and for me, it has to be your, your number one Jackson Whistle. And I know that's not great for continuity because he gets it back to back, but uh, I'm sorry. That's that's my choice, Paddy. I will say the last person to win it back to back, I think, was Tyler Beskarami. Oh, that's Yay. nice. That's nice. <laughs> Who's your shout for? I, I like. I can't believe that Gabe Bast and Scott Conway have not made the shortlist this month. Just, I just can't. I, I cannot figure that out. Gabe Bast has been playing Logan? 25 to 30. People need to watch the games. Uh, 25, <laughs> 25, to, 25 to 30 minutes a game. Um, what is it? 10 points plus 8 across a month. Scott Conway, 17 points, leading the team by a distance. Steve Orry's 11 points, for example, across the, the month. Scott Conway has been absolutely super six Six points on the, the special teams as well. But out of that out of that group, you know, just because Jackson won it last month and it wouldn't be fair to, you know, hog it there. Because um, I think if they win it, they have to buy breakfast or something. So I don't want yeah. to that. Sorry about that. Spread, yeah, spread that it around. So um, I'll... Uh, I go with Steve Orr. He's came up big in a, in a few games, especially down in Sheffield. Uh, doubleheader there this month. So, yeah, I go for Steve Orr. And I haven't cast my vote yet, but I think it'll, it'll be between Steve Orr and Jackson Whistle, I think, for this. Because like it's like, like both of you said, I think Jackson... You've uh, you've done phenomenally over these last six six games or so, that, especially on the road, the way that we've we've been playing and the adversity we faced, and some of the you know that save against the Nottingham Panthers was out of this world. Uh, the way you've got back and just sort of loved it, fantastic, just some brilliant parts. And like you say, Steve Ari, also with some some big big goals, considering that he was a little bit snake bitten to start the season, and now he's finding the net with more regularity. So I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll sit in the voting booth and I'll choose between those two, Jackson. Who would you choose? I'm going with Steve. Nice. Going with Steve? Why yeah, so? Right. I just think he's been rock solid this month. And kind of like you said, I think he was a little bit snake thin at the start. And I think he's battled hard to kind of get through that. So I think he deserves it. Fantastic. Well, the voting will open on uh, Thursday morning uh, on Twitter, at AVFTD on Twitter. You'll be able to vote from all of those four and big thanks to Phonocab once again for sponsoring the award and finally a big thanks to you Wish for joining us uh, finally a, a homecoming this weekend against the Manchester Storm must be good to get back into that dressing room again yeah 100% I was kind of you know eyeing this one up on the calendar as soon as we had that last one in November and just thinking okay let's just get through this road stretch and you know do our best and now we're back home and uh, getting ready to play in our own bar in front of our own fans I'm really excited about the two games coming up Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, good luck this weekend. We'll catch up with you again later in the season. Perfect. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, thanks Jackson. Big thanks to Jackson Wessel for joining us on the Fan Agenda, brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. We're going to get to the Friendship 4 in a minute, but a little bit of news. Yeah, really quickly, Paddy, uh, take a look at the last week in your Viaplay Elite League. On Friday night, the Glasgow clan broke their losing streak with an emphatic 6-1 win over the Dundee Stars at Brayhead. On Saturday, the Stars got a measure of revenge at the DIA, seeing off the clan 6-3. Elsewhere, the Sheffield Steelers needed a shootout in South Yorkshire to overcome Nottingham after a late Panthers equaliser. That was Corey Newton's first game back at the helm. Welcome back. Um, the Coventry Blaze took a 2-1 OT victory over the Devils home from Cardiff Bay and the Five Flyers travelled to Aldringham to defeat the Manchester Storm 
one. Um, on Sunday, Corey's weekend was well and truly ruined with a 3-1 defeat at the hands of the Storm in his homecoming to Nottingham. That's a zero-point weekend for the returning Corey Nielsen. And the Devils blanked the Flyers up in Scotland, making the long trip trip home with a 3-0 shutout victory. Um, only a couple of things. Uh, Rick Stragan, what year is it, boys, honestly? Corey Nielsen. Is- <laughs> Nostalgia tour. <laughs> Rick Stracken has returned to... Uh, what did I say? Can I just called say... By, called by Paddy on a, Saturday. We had a we, well, Friday. I, I made that call. We were to, you, yourself, myself, Aaron Murphy, and and Siz were talking about this on in on Friday. And I said I wouldn't be surprised to see Rick Stracken come back. Absolutely, cool. And you were Rick. you were laughed out of time. I was. Uh, they never appreciate the greats, mate. Um, Corey Nielsen's assistant coach, Rick, Rick Strachan. Um, he's been away from the game since replacing former Panthers coach Rich Shurnamaz, remember him, um, in 1920, <laughs> up until the cancellation of the EHL due to COVID in March 1920, that was a long time ago. 19-20. Uh, the 59-year-old who now lives in Nottingham, he's Canadian, has a long association with the Panthers going back to 1990 as a player, and he was originally appointed assistant to Corey Nielsen in 2010. He said, I missed the game, and the opportunity to work with Corey again is something I really wanted do oh friend like Corey, i've been watching panthers from afar since i left and the chance to work for the club again was too good an opportunity to turn down um and as announced in just a tweet no news story no follow-up no nothing um the manchester storm have parted ways with chase ruddy chase ruddy chase ruddy um with immediate effect last saturday for personal reasons um you might remember him from mugging Davy Phillips off the face off a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's no dogs this week. Mafia came after him. <laughs> Don't mess with Kevin. Kevin. Kevin called him. <laughs> well, I, uh, well, that, that sounds that sounds salacious. Um, there's no dobs this week, and I can't find any trace of a game on Viaplay. So that is your news, Patrick Smith. Thank you very much, Joel. Right, friendship for weekend time, and what a fantastic weekend it was. The uh, the pre tournament favorite. Uh, Quinnipiac took the spoils after dramatic 3-2 shootout victory. Christoph Teller with the shootout winner, but the Bobcats goalie, Yanov Peretz, sealed the deal with a fantastic save that ended what was a fantastic weekend for him. Uh, the Bobcats rang that Templemore Avenue school bell and became the Bell Pot champions. Now, before we chat about it ourselves and get a bit of reaction and in interviews, first up, here's what Quinnipiac captain Zach Metzis said to me last week. It's interesting, you know, obviously with the delay due to COVID and the likes, you know, it has pushed it out. And a lot of us here have been really looking forward to the uh, the return of the friendship for. But for you to have that opportunity and come back as captain this time, rather than just being in your, in your junior or sophomore year, it, it it's a real, adds a real boost to it. Yeah, especially uh, especially with that bell. Like, uh, I remember the other guys talking about the, the trophy you get and, you know, ringing the bell at sunrise. So, uh yeah, I definitely want to do that. Over to the captain. And what a moment now for the captain, Zach Metza. As he receives the Bell Pot Championship Trophy. And Metza will ring that championship bell. Ring that bell this evening. You skate together forever as champions of the friendship for Zach Metza. So what else could we do? We called them up again. <laughs> they entered as the pre-tournament favourites and so it played out as Quinnipiac lifted the 2022 bell pot and won the Friendship 4 this past weekend. Who else are we going to have on but a man we chatted to last week and a man who said to us that uh, he was really looking forward to, really wanted to to ring that bell and so he did. Zach Metza, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, good to be talking to you again after a successful week. 
before we get to the games and and what took place on the ice, let's just have a look at the uh, the weekend week's experience as a whole. What did your week entail building up to the games in Belfast? Oh, it was great. I mean, we flew into Dublin. We got in Monday morning. Like we were all jet lag. Got a little bit of sleep on the plane, but not much. Um, spent the day walk around or um, spent the day walk around Dublin. Um, checking everything out, like just checking out the town. We had a walking tour to kind of get us moving. Um, had a great tour guide that kind of showed us around and showed us um, all the cool spots in, in Dublin. We went to Trinity College, which looked unbelievable. Like it was a cool little area. Um, and then spent the rest of the day kind of uh, on our own. We had a lot of free time during the trip, which was awesome. We, a bunch of us went to the, uh, the Guinness factory in Dublin. That was something we all wanted to do. We got our faces on all of our own uh, own pints, um, which was <laughs> that was fun. I've never had like uh, I've never like seen anything like that before, so that was pretty cool and to learn more about how the whole process behind it. Um, had a great dinner, then went up to Belfast, and I mean Belfast didn't disappoint at all. Um, I thought it was I maybe even liked it more than Dublin. We got to see more of it, to be fair, but. I mean, it was it was beautiful. Like we stayed at the Titanic Museum, or not at the museum, but at the hotel next to the museum. Lovely. We got to check that out, like learn all about that. Um, we did uh, we did some of the Gaelic games. We did hurling and Gaelic football, which was an that that was that was a blast. That was fun. Uh, we kind of learned about you know the backstory and the the culture and all the pride that goes into those games. So that was really fun to learn about. Um, no, I mean, it was a great experience. Like we had a lot of free time, so we were all able to check out uh, both Dublin and Belfast a decent amount. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was good for us. I think it was, I was proud of the group for being able to flip the switch at the end and not be tourists anymore and understand we had hockey games to win and get it done. So it was, uh, it was a very, very uh, successful trip. I guess when you go to away games or away trips and you go on the road with your team, you don't really get that opportunity to have that sort of wider experience in the area, especially now coming over coming over to Ireland and, and going to Dublin and going to Belfast. And, and, that, and I know that on the morning of the games, I went for a run just around like that Titanic quarter. And there were a lot of, lot of guys just wandering around, just soaking up the atmosphere around the Keys. Yeah, 100%. I think you have to in a... It's a very unique trip for us. Um, and again, being in a beautiful area like Belfast, you kind of got to be able to check everything out, soak it all in. Uh, so in the morning, like our team was pretty good about kind of getting up and moving, getting warmed up for the game, not sleeping in too late, being tired, all that. So uh, guys chose to walk around and take in the views. And it was uh, it worked and helped us. Did you guys get the opportunity to go to local schools? Because I know that I know that some teams went out. Oh yeah, that's something I schools. failed to mention. But we we uh, we split up. We went to do two schools: St. Patrick's, and then uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember which one I went to. But it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was awesome. We the kids. Uh, I think the kids were very interested, and uh, they had a lot of fun. I think uh, one of the schools they were they were taught an Irish dance. Uh, there's a couple of videos of our guys like skipping around which is so fun to watch and then we had a like my school we had a great group um i mean they were very interested in in us and about hockey and it was cool to learn about them too like what sports they were interested in and uh stuff they do outside of uh school like it's it's always fun to do that and then obviously um they were a big support for us through the weekend like at the games like they were all the students and 
even the fans in general, they were unbelievable for us. Like at one point we had a huge go Bobcat chant. Like um, I think they were on their side the whole weekend. So that was sweet. Let's come. Let's come to these games. Then you know the, the, what took place on Friday and Saturday of of the weekend there, Zach. And uh, the the first game against Dartmouth, I think a lot of people thought that you know Dartmouth coming in probably had the reputation that they weren't going to challenge as well as they did. But they give you guys a fair go in the in the end. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we knew they would every time we play them. They play hard. They're well coached. Um, those guys. You know they care they want to win um so it's always a real tough battle against them and i think friday show there was no different like it was it's a battle all the way through they they just kind of stuck around they found a way to fight and claw and stay in the game and you know we just uh we stuck to it and then uh jump into umass too like you know they're they're a top one of the top teams this year like we knew they were gonna be really good they got some great talent and kind of same thing we just uh stuck to our guns stuck to our game plan and just kept battling. I, I thought we did a good job this whole weekend of any time a team scored or there's some adversity in front of us, like we, no one panicked, like we just stuck to it and uh, we were able to keep keep chugging along and keep playing our game and it, uh, it worked out. Interesting that you said because obviously in that Friday game in the in the third period it looked like Dartmouth had pulled it back within one, but you guys found a way to get to get to, to pull that lead again. And one of the other things, interesting th- things about the game on Friday is something I'd not seen before. Really, is two goals like that that sort of hopped over the uh, hopped over the goalkeepers and were just sort of batted down into the net. Two interesting goals. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some sweet ones. Uh, the one that Vic yeah. uh, Victor Ch- uh, Chenekener scored. Uh, that was that was sweet. That puck was going a little bit wide. He kind of he like double hit it too. He like hit it once. Yeah. It went over the goalie, and as he got knocked over and was falling, he was able to swat it down back into the net. Um, no, I mean they were, it was uh, it was a good it was a good display. Victor Chinek there. There's a there's a there's a name I had to rehearse a number of times. Yeah, nice, nice guy as well. Nice guy as well. I get it right. I just I <laughs> made it up at this point. And of course, the final you said about UMass and what a battle that was going all the way to penalty shots. How were the nerves? Oh, I hate I hate shootouts. Like if I was if I get chosen to go out there, I'm fine. Like you know, you're playing hockey; it's fun. But man, I like watching. I feel like a I don't even know. Like go, I think goalie parents are have like the toughest job in the world. Like watching <laughs> your kid play goalie would be the most stressful thing. And I feel that way during a shootout. Like I both for the shooter and for Yanni. Um, it, it stresses me out more than anything because you just, you know, you kind of feel out of control. Like you just can't help. You can't, you have no, now at that point you have no result. Like I would have no result watching Yanni go yeah. or no impact on the result. Um, so it's always, those are super stressful, but man, I mean, Yanni, Yanni just shut it down. Like he's, he's so good. He's been so solid for us and he was no different. And that experience, you said to me, you said to me last week that something that you definitely wanted to do was to, to ring that bell. Uh, did the experience match up to what you were expecting? Oh yeah, I think it. Uh, I think it's a pass. It was a, uh, it was a great feeling. It was a great week. It was two hard fought games. Like it was a, it was a great reward to be able to ring that bell. Um, I felt a lot of pride for it. I, um, you know, I, I think we made a lot of people at Quinnipiac uh, very happy. And obviously, a trip like that, you want to come out on top otherwise it feels pretty disappointing um so the ring that was was pretty cool i, I really enjoyed it 
And just finally, you know, what do you feel that you've gained, you personally and, and Quinnipiac as a team? What do you think you've gained from your trip to Belfast? Uh, man, I think for me personally, I've gained a, um, a lot of interest and respect for Ireland. Um, like I loved the whole trip over there. I thought Belfast was unbelievable. It was great all around. So I'd, I view it now. I, like before, I didn't really know. It's kind of, you know, you think about Ireland, it's kind of foggy. You don't really know what to expect. But looking back, I just have fond memories. Like it, everything about it was positive. The people, the food, the atmosphere, like everything was great. Um, and as a team, like I think we came out, I like the, I feel like we came out a little closer. Like we all had these different experiences outside the rink, uh, traveling around, checking out. Um, the different places in Belfast and Dublin, even in the travel, like the travel home, I think we we're, we we're the travel home was like 20 hours, 19 hours or something mm. in total. Um, so even stuff like that, the little battles you go through on trips like that, it kind of brings everyone closer. Um, so I think as a team, we've kind of molded a little bit better and come together, come together more and hopefully it'll carry on throughout the rest of the season. Fantastic. Well, listen, Zach, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming back on and joining us. Congratulations on yeah. that Bellpod Championship and, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it. Fantastic from Zach Metza. And it, you know, really good to have him back on the show. Great player and great to see him fulfill that. What he wanted to do was to ring that bell at Santa Rice. Before we come and chat to you boys against it, oh. we're going to finally check in with a few people who made it happen as Davey got to chat to them live on the telly box. Delighted to be joined ringside. Two commissioners, two Steves, Hagwell and Metcalf. Gents, the world changed in 2019. We didn't know when we were going to be back here. It's great to be back. It's fabulous to be back, to see everybody here in Belfast, here at the SSC Arena. What a tremendous experience for the four programs and the student athletes and coaches. It's just great to be back. It's like being at home again. Steve, just from yourself, just a, you know, a couple of years ago, we didn't know yeah. when we were going to get back here, and here we are, three and a half thousand kids standing, cheering. Yeah, I was fortunate to come here in 2019, the last time we were here, so that memory is still very vivid to me. And the atmosphere at the games yesterday and, and today, uh, you know, just spectacular. And uh, so many kids cheering and rooting and, uh, you know, just they've met some of the players in the schools and then they come to the game and the atmosphere has just been incredible. It is a hockey tournament. It is all about what happens on the ice, but there's so much goes on. And, and I look as a dad of two, Ruby and Lily, two little girls, the opportunities that this comes with as well. Yeah, no, I mean, to visit the schools and interact with the school children that the teams get an opportunity to do so during the week. And, uh, you know, I, I think that impacts not only children here in Nord Northern Ireland, but it impacts the student athletes on the team as well. At least those are the comments. So that's a huge positive. And then let's take it onto the ice. What a spectacle. We've had three fantastic games so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when I got here uh, yesterday or the day before to the rink and someone here was asking me, well, were these games important? I go, D don't go and ask the coaches that. <laughs> yes, uh, very important. And, uh, we, you know, we've got four great teams and we knew we were going to have some great hockey. And, you know, today's game is a perfect example of that. Uh, one team gets up, the other team comes back and it's going to go right to the very end of the game, I'm sure. And Steve, you're synonymous with this now. You know, you've been, since <laughs> since the very you know beginning, since this was thought of, Steve Hagwell's been involved in this. Bit of an honor, honorary Ulster man. You must really enjoy your time coming here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just blessed to be part of this. I mean, I remember August, um, October of 2014 when Robert came to Boston with Steve Thornton and made the pitch, and here we are six years into it. Um, if COVID didn't stop, we'd be at eight, but uh, what a fabulous tournament. And, and 
I don't think I'm overstating it when I say it's life-changing for many people, especially me and my family. And, and Steve, how do you see this continuing? Can this get bigger, better? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I'm sure it's going to continue. And, uh, you know, we've also been trying to do a women's component where we have some women's teams come over and have the same experience as some of the men's teams have had. And we've done some women's games here, but we want to continue that in the future, but also continue the Friendship 4 tournament uh, for many years to come. And I'm not sure I will get an answer out of you, Steve, but this game, 3-2, going into the final period, who's going to take away the third place? Dartmouth. And, 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 and later on this evening, obviously, we've got the Bobcats I mean, coming up. I mean, I have to agree with my colleague on so many things, but not this. Clearly, it's going to be Lowell that's going to win the game. And Robert with us. And Robert, as I said to you a moment ago, the captain taking that bell to centre nice and ringing it never gets old. I think back to the first year when I had to tell him to do it. Now we don't. Yeah. It's it just it's, it's, it's testament to the fact that education and learning drives the philosophy of the tournament and it's also testament to the fact that teams now want to come in here and talk about ringing it before they come. And Martin, a word for this crowd, not just tonight but across the weekend. Unbelievable, this is the biggest crowds ever at the Friendship Four. You could feel the excitement. We were in the tunnel there just to, you know, in the final minutes. The excitement from the players, the excitement from the crowd, unbelievable tonight. Robert, this tournament now, 2015 started, we're now in 2022 edition bigger and better than ever. You're right. Um, we've now, I think we, we need to now think beyond Boston. We need to start looking at teams in the Big Ten and the Western Conference. We need to get more and better hockey teams to come and see what we do in Belfast. And on that aside, 10,000 children through the doors. We've got to find ice and we've got to find equipment for we've these got to kids. Find ice. It's one of our big challenges now to see what we can do to continue to grow this. I mean, Robert is behind this originally arriving, but the work that's being done, the number of kids that are actually being exposed to this, given the opportunity to see it, hopefully we'll try and find a way to get them a chance to play it. Gentlemen, congratulations on a tremendous weekend. Thanks, David. Thank you very much. Big thanks to a big great chat with uh, Steve Hagwell of uh, ECAC, with Steve Metcalf of Hockey East, uh, with Martin McGill, <coughs> Odyssey Trust, and of course, Mr. Robert Fitzpatrick, the CEO of the Aussie Trust, four men who helped make this happen. Right, David, how was your weekend? What were your thoughts? Oh, I was just, it was first and foremost, if you take the hockey aspect of it, it was an incredible hockey event. Four, four absolutely blinding games, no quarter ass, none given, hard hitting, fast, unbelievable goaltending, unbelievable size and ability of guys like uh, Skyler Brindamore just stood out for yep. me. Every power play was going into the blue paint. Um, Graf, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he, he says he gets it a lot. Um, sure. But um, Graf, fantastic. I think he, he took the, the, the tournament MVP, very high-skilled high player. Um, Yannick Peretz and Nets for Quinnipiac. There's lots. There's so many guys. I think as Simon said over the weekend, something like 34 players have gone to the NHL um, in this friendship for, and I know that we did our little podcast thing on stage on Friday night, and I said that's that's great, and and I hope another thirty four over the next following years go. But I'm interested in the ones that are going to end up in Belfast, and there's probably going to be in years to come guys that played this weekend that <coughs> we'll now know their names because we're a bit more involved this weekend doing the comedy and stuff. You'll know their names, and as soon as they come up, as it. He played in the friendship four. He was a million Cooper yeah. Black. I seen I seen Yanni Peretz after the game was having a yarn before I went back upstairs and said to him, "Look, I know if it doesn't work out in the NHL for you, you know, 
<laughs> Change and gimme. I was like, I, I don't understand what you're saying. I went, eh. <laughs> but uh, no, we um, we got, and I went a wee bit fanboy and got a picture with him. You know, it was uh, so you did it indeed. was it was brilliant to be involved. Like props to David Laurie and all those guys, Bert, Simon, you know, Murphy, everybody that puts that that TV thing together. I was just a very very small cog and a massive win. To watch how it actually all goes together behind the scenes is fascinating. It just doesn't. It's not by magic. And then you've got the likes of Michael Barr and all the guys behind the scenes putting carpets out and getting Paro and Glover getting the bell to the right place at the right time. And we Gordy and John Small and all who look after the teams when they're when they're here. There's a brilliant picture of Gordy. I don't know if you've seen it, Gordy, with um, the other the guy. Coach of Oh no, the uh, the, 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 the the backup goalie like for, for the like six foot nine or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was just all in all. I, I said at the very start of the show, I was so delighted to be home because there's there's no place like home. But for the, the the level of hockey to be involved in just a little way was a lot of fun. It was just it was you know Murph had said to me on Friday, "We'll give you a mic, send you down there, maybe come down to you like once twice a game, mix in a stat, and by the end you know." I'd gone full, what do you call, what do you call a guy going from, from uh, Toronto? I was talking George just absolute, I was just talking absolute nonsense at the end, but it was so much fun. <laughs> I just got carried away. Um, So it was, I was, I had a really, had a brilliant weekend. Ended up in the bar on Saturday night with Steve Hagwell and stuff. And he was, he was, um, Having a really good time. Having a really good time. He's polishing off the last of the Belfast hospitality. He was just he's a look, he's a he's a one smashing gentleman, absolute smashing guy. And I know he says he comes to Belfast as often as he can. He feels like Belfast is almost like home to him. And <coughs> I look forward to the next time I get to spend time in Steve Hagwell's company because he's just such a great fellow. I think from my point of view, the weekend, I, I only got to spend Friday there because I, I had family commitments on Saturday. But Friday for me was just everything that I wanted from it. And like, like you say, from the on-ice perspective, I thought the two games that I saw on Friday were outstanding. Um, I had a, a very good an old friend of mine from school come and join us in the, in, at the yeah. game and we had a uh, we had a fight, and he he couldn't get over the fact that you know it, this had an American audience. This was you know this was being played in Belfast. He was like you know how many people are watching this and why you know, why are they here? Was giving the whole rundown of, of the tournament, and it was just it was like this is absolutely phenomenal, and it was the game we were watching. The, the, you're talking about Cooper Black there, and uh, I chatted to, to the head coach of um, Dartmouth, Reed Cashman, about him, and uh, Cashman said that he's in his first year. Um, with them, and it was when he starts to fill out a bit and gets a bit more, you know, he is a, he is very athletic, but when he gets a bit stronger, a bit more behind him, he doesn't have a doubt that the black will end up in the NHL because he has the athleticism to play and get down and up and be able to say, you know, all being well, touch wood, no injuries and stuff like that. But he he was like, no, that that kid's that kid's going all the way. And you can see it from a lot of the kids that are playing out there. You mentioned Brenda Murray, you mentioned even like Meta, who we were talking we were talking to earlier. These kids have the skills, they have the ability and the the game and I, I know I came down to the stand next to you, Davy, uh, in one of the games when you were doing the, the work for the TV. And down there, you see that it's how fast and how much they're throwing themselves into these games. And that was the on ice stuff. Off ice, um, uh, as we said to Laura earlier in the show, you know, uh, um, I remember talking to it was either um, Chantel or, or Neve uh, at, at the Giants, who I'd met for the first time in person. It was lovely to meet them. Um, 
and they're saying you know, it's, it's going mad around here with just everything's everything's being pulled together and, and it was pulled together uh, the amount of kids that were there having a great time how many of those kids are going to go home talk to their parents and say i really enjoyed it i want to go to a belfast giants game and that's what it's all about getting kids engaged in the game and they're seeing at this high level get them engaged in the game and they'll come back and they'll, they'll, some of them might be long-term fans some of them are like nearly as young as joel you know they might be long-term Correct. fans Correct. Uh, but the uh i was i was uh you know i was really sad i couldn't go on saturday because i enjoyed myself so much on friday and um yeah it was a, a another yet another great friendship for joel yeah um not a great deal more to add firstly very proud of davy i think you smashed that mate the clips mm. that i've got to see here here consummate professional and uh it makes me fanboy a little because despite what patrick smith thinks i spend my summers watching nesson in uh, in north america watching the boston red sox be absolutely terrible as they've been about years september ago. to see my boy <laughs> here he goes again look to see my boy Majemsi uh, yucking it up on a mic uh, on the SM was very, very cool. Really proud of you for that. But yeah, like you, you asked questions there to to the boys um, in those clips um, about the growth and development of the Friendship Four. And I think Alan Price absolutely smashed it with that comment. I agree from sitting watching that final. This was the best Friendship Four that there has been by quite a long way. Firstly, the hockey. I think in the years that since the Friendship Four's inception and since I've started to watch NCAA hockey in person, had the privilege to do that. I think that the the physicality and the hitting and the intensity has actually ramped up year on year. I thought that the, even just the check-in and, and people finishing their hits that you never really would have seen in the earlier years. Um, that final was a showpiece of a game for anybody. You didn't have to be a hockey fan to be completely absorbed by how that final played out and the manner in which the bell pot was won. Um, I think it was absolutely sensational. The noise from that pretty much capacity crowd without the East tier being out was as loud as I've ever heard a Belfast Giants game. Genuinely, as loud as I've ever heard a Belfast Giants game. Um, I thought it was absolutely incredible. And I thought it, in terms of it being the comeback after being put on the shelf for two years, um, you know, you worried that it maybe would have lost momentum, that it maybe wouldn't have had the same, uh, captured the, the same imagination as it, as it, as it previously did. Um, all of that was completely washed away by a sensational weekend. And full credit must go to Robert Fitzpatrick, obviously, for, for being the brainchild of Steve Thornton. But everybody who puts their shoulder to that and makes it what it is, I think we're very, very privileged to have it in Belfast. You could rhyme off the names there, Glover, and the amount of stuff out. You you mentioned uh, Michael Barr there. I must have bumped into Michael Barr about a hundred times the other day, you know, because he was everywhere doing everything. You know, you, you talk about the volunteers, like so Gordy, Brian, you know, and, um, John Small. You know, it's some of some of the work that goes on to sort of to all try... the all the all the ladies upstairs selling fifty fifties and shirts to their back yep. and yep. Absolutely, it's it great to just see old faces as well. Just going walking around, seeing all the. All I wouldn't. The I wouldn't faces. call them old faces. Like Paddy, you're braver than me. The but, same. You know. The same faces. <laughs> the same faces. Yeah, the same and like you say, the guys working on you, know, David Laurie and, and the team behind uh, that. What was going and and, and like so, you know, I was chatting to Nigel Ringland and I was saw the Colin Shields and and all the guys. You know, just a phenomenal effort all the way around to what put on what was just yet another. Who bought a pint on Saturday before. night? Sorry, who, who bought a pint on Saturday night? Who? On sheds? And it's, it's, it was a shock to me as well. Out of boy sheds, out of boy. It must be for that lovely coffee you brought him on the road the other week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think you know, from from the point of view of what we heard there from Robert Fitzpatrick, and one of the questions you know, we chatted to, I don't know if you did, you get a chance to chat to Joe Britannia, Davey? Oh yes, I got about ten minutes yeah. with Joe, which was fascinating. First of all, oh, yeah. And, Interesting guy. Pictures of his, his little office and his house and stuff, and 
all the yeah. sports memorabilia that he's got around. So I've actually got a bit of homework to do for Joey once some stats. So does he? But Joe, yeah. Joe Britannia was obviously the he was the hockey east commissioner when this all began, and he's this he's one blows of the guys my mind. This blows my mind, Paddy. I had a sit down one on one with Joe Britannia, and he's given me his card. He's told me what he needs from me, and he's like, "Anytime I can do anything for me, just throw me." It's like Hi. the man's connected as well. About hockey in the bedrooms, and like Ralph Cox, just shake him hand and Joe Britannia. It's weird, isn't it? Well, it's weird, isn't it? Where we've how we get. He's just going, and he's uh, he me, he's just gone off to Cortina because he played in Cortina. He played hockey yeah. in Cortina. He's just gone yeah. off there for a bit of time in Italy, and uh, he's just uh, obviously he's trying to. He's, Working his connections for that uh, that uh, that Olympics that's taking place between Milan and Cortina in a few years' time, but uh, you know, but Joubert Britannia was yeah. there. Had a great chat with him talking about all the the, the the effort. And one of the questions he was asking is, you know, "How do we grow this? And how do we make it bigger? How do we make it better?" And evolution, I think, is it you know grow it into other conferences, grow it into other teams. And we heard that from from Robert Fitzpatrick when earlier on when you chatted to him, him and uh, him and um, him and Martin McDowell on the ice. You know, maybe we move into other conferences. We we bring in other co- colleges. We look beyond that northeast uh, of of um, the northeast of America, and we see who else we can bring in. Sky's the limit with regards to the friendship. Four, we see how successful it is, and how many teams want to ring that bell. One note being, a very good friend of ours, formerly of this parish, Neil the coach Russell, is in Florida currently. He chatted with a very famous ex NHLer. Brought up this, uh, brought up this tournament, and the first thing that uh, that very famous ex NHLer, who I'm not going to mention, Coach Norway, said, "Ah, the tournament where they ring the bell," and that oh, goes really? to show that a level of level, of how unique it can be, a trophy like that, and a, and a tournament like that can be, that it can transcend other things and, and go right through the hockey world, and that's a credit to all those who who put this friendship for on and. Um, Long may it continue. Just one statistical note: obviously, Quinnipiac Bobcats came in number four in the country after mm-hmm. their weekend. Their rankings popped up to number two, only second to only Denver in the NCAA standings. So, like to have the number two team in North America, NCAA North America, over in Belfast at the weekend, come out top of the pile, probably deservedly so. Congratulations to them and a big thanks to Zach Matza and to Cameron Boone who helped us put together that that interview. Um, right, let's wrap this up. Let's end this show, gentlemen. We've got two games this weekend. Let's get back to the Belfast Giants. We've got two games this weekend. We are back in the SSE Arena. Uh, Belfast Giants will take on the Manchester Storm on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 4 p.m. Get yourself down to the SSE or watch it with Simon, who was also going coast to coast North America mm-hmm. with, uh, on TV um, during a friendship for it, but he will be back in his Giants TV seat behind the microphone to call those games. We get down to those games if you can. That's Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 4 p.m., and that's the games against the Manchester Storm. Any other business? I have one very quick piece of any other business. Um, People out there, I need your money again. Um, When Mark Garside... Um, Belfast Giants all-time leading um, games getter Mark Garside had a little baby in the summer called Quinn um, Quinn's doing well but Quinn had a tough start to life and spent a little bit of time in NICU in the Ulster Hospital neonatal intensive care unit and the Garsides like a lot of people do whenever they go through a little bit of adversity in the hospital they <coughs> want to get back because the, the staff and these wards are under pressure all the time so they want to do a little bit of fundraising to put a bit of money back into the pot so for our side of it i have a mark garside game worn jersey 
and I'm going to sell 100 tickets at a fiver. Um, everybody that puts a £5 note in will get a signed Mark Garside photograph and you'll be put in the draw for the Mark Garside jersey and you will get to meet Mark after a game as soon as we have the 100 tickets sold. Um, you'll get to meet Mark after a game who will sign it, sign anything else you want and take pictures with you, sing you songs, be generally lovely and... Um, <laughs> Be very grateful, and and we'll be able to give. We're hoping to give around five hundred pounds into his little pot. So I'll put that up on AVFTB, and I promise I will. Neil Russell, I will follow <laughs> this one. Um, give me pelters last week because I've been saying for fifteen years now. You know, tweet me, I'll read it out. But we'll get back to you. but um, yes, we're gonna. So uh, over the next couple of days, this week, um, there you go. There's another new needle. So expect some tickets. That's good, Patrick W. You will be uh, first on the list then. Um, and let's help get those hunger tickets sold. Spread the word as much as you can, please. Great to be sent a message in by Patrick Vonka, who knew he was still watching the the bridge. <laughs> what a guy. Anything from you, Joel? Nothing from me. Another packed show, boys. Uh, but, uh, the, sorry, the only thing was well done to everybody who made the sledge hockey happen at the arena this morning. There's some great photos that the Giants put out. Oh, yes. Um, afternoon, I, I saw Dahi was down with Marching and, and a whole squad of, of guys out enjoying the ice, which so is how it should be. Um, uh, everybody should be able to get involved and, and do their bit. And there's been a lot of departmental help in making that happen. And um, there's so much goes on around that organization that does so much good. It's You, you could sit here all night and, and yammer on about it. And we often do. We <laughs> We often do. It was good to have Laura on this morning talking about all the other sort of things that have been going on, but it's a fantastic event. Um, one last thing for me, congratulations to a man who I know watches the show every week ever since he left Belfast Giants. That is Ryan Kuabara. No doubt he's oh, watching. So a big yeah. shout out to Ryan Kua. The former Belfast Giant, the former playoff winner for the Belfast Giants, has just been named as a new head coach for the Niagara Ice Dogs in the OHL. Now, if you don't know Ryan Kuabara, if you've never heard of Ryan Kuabara, great player for us. Uh, you know, he once... Um, once punched uh, Nate Leslie in the face, broke his nose and broke his own hand in the process. Look it up on YouTube. It's there. one punch. One punched. One punched. One punched. Broke his hand. Broke. 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 Uh, <laughs> broke Nate Leslie's nose. Yeah. Phenomenal player. Really great player, David. And you know, one of yeah. one of the reasons you know you talk about Steve Thornton in that team, Ryan Kubara in that team, you know, Kevin Riel in that team. That was some great players, and, and Ryan Kubara is one of them. Gonna what number of key were Paddy? Seventy-two. Close cool. 70 something. How am I supposed to know? This is before I think I was he was born. 71, Paddy. He was 70 something. He was 70 Great player. Obviously, of some form of Japanese heritage as well, wasn't he? Um, he was. He played He played in the Asian League before he came and played to us. Yeah. And and according to a message that I've just received from Karen Lynch, he looks like uh, he looks like Hugh Bonneville. You know that nice. Jim Lynch nice. says Jim Lynch says 71. We're talking all about Lynch's. Jim Lynch says 71. He's great. He's Hi, um, let's wrap, yeah, let's wrap but, but, show, boys. It's, 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 yeah, okay. I was going to say <laughs> No, no, that. go but, on ahead, Jimmy. Nobody's watching anyway. Producer says no, Paddy, so next week. <laughs> Should I wrap it up, Joel? Is this is this where we end it? Is ah, this, come is on. It right now? That'll do it. That'll do <laughs> That's it, boys. It. But listen, Jeff, we will wrap it up. Like I said, those two games for the Belfast Giants, back in home competition this weekend. The Manchester Storm are our guest. Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 4 p.m. Get yourself down to the SSE Arena. And if you can't, Belfast Giants TV is where you will find all the action with Simon Kitchen. Let's hope we have a couple more bodies on that bench coming into those games as the Belfast Giants will come into what is no doubt going to be a busy Christmas period. 
Big thanks to Laura Small. Big thanks to Zach Metza. Big thanks to Jackson Whistle, of course. Uh, big thanks to uh, the guys at uh, Infinity Twenty One for the uh, for the footage and for the, uh, the the interviews with regards to the Friendship Four. Um, big thanks to you, Davy, for putting together all the goals. Thanks, big thanks to you, Joel, for putting together all the news. Big thanks to everybody. It's a big thankful time. Thanks, everybody. It's, it's just been it's just been everybody. Thanksgiving. So thanks, thanks to everybody. <laughs> Um, we're going to wrap it up there uh, you can get us at, at AVFTB on Twitter, don't forget to vote in Player of the Month which will be up from Thursday morning and um, you can get us on KingdomOfTheGiants.com on Facebook, on YouTube um, and I've not done any TikToks in a long time so who knows that's probably going to fade away and on that wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on A View From The Bridge Sports Social Podcast Network.